So the CDC tells us that over 80% of mamas start breastfeeding, but only about 35% are still nursing in any capacity at all at a year. And only 62% say that they are exclusively breastfeeding at birth, and that drops to just 24.9% at six months. Now, this isn't going to be a podcast full of statistics, so you don't have to worry about that. But I'm just trying to show you that there is a serious problem here. So many mamas want to give their babies God's perfect free food, and yet they are quitting for what seems easier at the time, but ultimately is a harder and more expensive route. I know this situation is so heartbreaking, and I don't think many moms take quitting lightly by any means. Many agonize and go through a lot of pain while trying to decide. So what in the world is going wrong? Why is this happening? And how can you make sure it doesn't happen to you? We're going to talk about that today. So I want you to go grab a pen and a notebook because this is going to be some very practical stuff that you're going to want to remember. Let's go. Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and he knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth if we work with his design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for his glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. Hey friend, do you wish there was a way to have a safe birth without worrying about being forced into treatments you don't want? Are you scared of having a C-section that isn't truly needed? Do you find yourself Googling things like, what will Pitocin do to my body? Girl, I know what it feels like to doubt the system and yearn for a better way. I was in your shoes, wanting a beautiful, God-filled birth, but worried about being sucked into things I knew I didn't want and I probably didn't need. Imagine if you could have a midwife on your side, coaching you on how to have your pregnancy and birth on your terms. Well, guess what? Now you can. That's why I created the Midwife and Me Power Hour just for you, where I'm going to help you identify and reach your pregnancy and postpartum goals and have the birth you're dreaming of. You'll be able to understand what you want and why you want it so you can clearly communicate those wants and wishes with your provider. You'll walk away with the knowledge and confidence you need to put together a plan for your birth and communicate your desires clearly with your provider. So if you're ready to take back control with God at the center through a customized plan based on your wishes, go grab one of five Midwife and Me Power Hours that I have available this month. I'll sit down with you one-on-one so we can map out your plan based on what you want, what's in your heart, and what God has in store for you. Go right now to bit.ly slash midwife power hour. Again, that's bit.ly slash midwife power hour and take the first step to reclaiming the peace and joy God intended for you to have in this beautiful time of life. I can't wait to help you. So did you hear that statistic in the introduction? 
80% of moms, 80%, 8 in 10 moms, start out breastfeeding. They report on some level they are nursing their baby, giving them some breast milk in some way, and yet only 30% or a little bit over 30% are still giving breast milk at 12 months. And that doesn't necessarily mean just nursing. It can mean pumping and giving in a bottle. This chart that I found from the CDC is just looking at any breastfeeding and then also looks at exclusive breastfeeding. So only six in 10 report that they are going to only breastfeed at birth. But then by six months, only 24.9% of mamas still are. So what in the world is going wrong? Something is going wrong in our country. And this, these statistics were just looking at America because it's from the Centers for Disease Control, which is an American institution. So you can look at the broken support system and you can look at the hospitals and you can look at all that's wrong with the them, you know, quote them. But in the end, all you can control is you. I feel like I say this every day of my life a thousand times to my kids when they are fighting and bickering and they want to blame each other for the reason that they're screaming and hollering or whatever they're doing. And I tell them, I look them in their eyes and I say, all you can control is you. You can't make them act right. All you can do is control you. So I want to try to put the blame game behind us. It's very frustrating. I know that there aren't systems in place to help us, but all we can do is control ourselves and we can spend our whole lives wishing things were better and in the meantime miss out on this time that we want to be doing things God's way the only thing we can do is focus on him and control ourselves so let me add this too breastfeeding is worth it in every way imaginable once you get the hang of it and the baby gets the hang of it the amount of time you save the amount of expenses you save, the immense health benefits and allowing your baby's body to develop properly with the right food, especially their gut, to develop with God's perfect food. There is just so much that makes this worth it, makes it worth the while, but it is hard. I nursed all of my babies after working in maternity for many, many years. I had helped what seems like a bajillion moms get started nursing as their nurse in the hospital. And I learned so much, so many lessons, so many tricks from helping other people. And they were probably looking at me at that time going, chick, you don't know what you're talking about. You've never done this. And yet I had spent a whole lot of time with a lactation consultant learning what really does work and being able to help them apply it. And those lessons came in handy. And I want to help you with some of those as well. I learned so much that I was able to nurse AJ, my first for 25 months, Ruby for 15 months, who was my middle. And the only reason she only went 15 months is she was the one that reacted once I was pregnant. Um, AJ never really had that response to where the milk changed and he didn't like it anymore when I was pregnant with Ruby. But when I was got pregnant with, when I got pregnant with Abby, excuse me, then Ruby just kind of turned off from the milk. And that's also when we started buying raw milk, which is a whole other story, but she loved that raw milk. So she actually weaned right when we started purchasing unpasteurized milk. Different story. Maybe we'll have the chance to talk about that another day. You're welcome to shoot me an email if you have questions about it. But one of the best things we ever did, side note, but anyway. Um, and then I ended up nursing Abby for 
four whole years. I actually had to cut her off. She, I think she would still be nursing now if I would have let her, and she's five and a half. But anyway, my husband was looking at me funny, like, uh, she's way too big. She's like dangling off the rocking chair. And <laughs> okay, it's time for you to be done. But anyway, all of them exclusively nursed at least until six months, if not longer. Um, I'm trying to remember one of them. I think went to eight or nine months. They just didn't like food, but honestly can't remember which one it was. <laughs> How sad is that? Anyway, I'm not bragging. I'm not saying that to rub it in your face by any stretch. I just want you to know that I figured a few things out and I want to help you to know what I know so that you can have the same kind of success. Most of the mamas that I worked with when I was their nurse or then later as their midwife had not prepared. And I could see it all over their face in their exhaustion when they had no idea what to do without me there. They just felt helpless. They wanted to succeed (laughs) and they wanted to bring me home with them. I don't know how many mamas said, can I just take you home with me? But they were just not prepared. They weren't ready for all the things that they needed to know how to do. And as you listen to this today, by the way, if you decide that you're one of the ones that just need to bring me home with you, I've got good news for you. I didn't have this news for them back then, but I've got good news for you. You can have me come home with you. Well, maybe not actually physically come home with you, but if you grab one of those midwife and me power hours, we can get you set up and ready to successfully nurse your baby once he or she's here. Or if your baby's already here, we can sit down and work through what's going on to help you keep going. Either way, I'm here to help you succeed. And you have something that those ladies didn't get to have. You get to have me at your house through your computer or your phone or whatever device you like to use. We'll sit down and we will figure out what's going on and make sure that we can chart your course to success. You don't have to do it alone, so be sure you take advantage of that. Now, I remember being so stretched when I was a nurse trying to help all these mamas out of all the things that I did when I would be taking care of postpartum moms, the one thing that they needed the most and that they wanted the most from me was my help with nursing. Of course, you know, there's lots of other things I had to do and I didn't always have the time to be able to give them what they needed. It's very time consuming. Obviously babies nurse a lot and it's hard on your body to be leaning over a a hospital bed trying to help babies be latched on. But I used to love it. I I just loved the joy in the mama's eyes when it all just worked out. The joy and the relief in the room was just palpable when it, when the baby would get latched on and everything was just going well. But clearly most mamas, even if they're latching at the hospital and we're nursing the baby at the hospital, something's happening when they go home and they're giving up. And guys, this isn't just a status thing. Breast milk is God's perfect food for our babies. We don't nurse or say, well, I'm nursing my baby so that we can be better than somebody else. It's not that at all. We're trying to do what's best for our babies and for ourselves as well. No imitation for man, no formula, no anything like that is ever going to replace what God made perfect for our babies. And you know, as well as I do, that we have so many health issues in our country and we don't really know where a lot of them are coming from. But with so many people getting an artificial start on their life as babies before their gut is ready to deal with all these things that they're having to to process, it's really no wonder. God's way, again, is the best way. So we're going to look into the top reasons that mamas report that they are giving up because knowledge is power. And when you know what other moms before you have struggled with, 
you can make sure you're ready for those things. I'm not telling you this to add to your fear by any means. I know you're scared that it's not going to work out. I get that. But knowledge is power. And we are going to plan to succeed. Failure to plan is planning to fail, right? So we're going to plan to succeed by learning from what some other moms have gone through. So the first thing that moms report as being a big reason they quit is just a rough start. Now, this rough start one encompasses a whole lot of different things. The big one for a lot of mamas is the pain, pain on latching, and they have no help to help them figure out why it hurts. They might just not be able to get the baby to latch at all, but if they are getting the baby on, it might hurt. Their back hurts too. Maybe it's not just their nipples hurting, but their back hurts because they're in bad position. Of course, sore nipples are a normal thing that you hear people talk about all the time. But when I say normal, I don't mean that that pain is normal. I'm just saying you hear about it a lot. So one thing I need you to get into your head. If it hurts, something is wrong. You need to stop and start over. I don't care if you have to do it a thousand times. Pain is not normal during nursing little discomfort when you're first getting used to it, when things just feel a little weird, maybe. But any kind of acute pain, any sharp pain, any pinching pain is telling you that the baby is not latched on right. Pain now, a little bit of pain on day one is a little bit more pain the next day. On the third day, you about can't stand it. And on the fourth day, you're about to throw the baby out the window. And I know you're not really going to do that, but you know what I'm saying. Think about when you get a new pair of shoes and they just rub your toes wrong. And on that first day, you can wear them for a while and they start to get a little sore towards the end of the day. But once you take them off and try to put it back on, it's excruciating. It's the same thing with nursing. That little pain, if you just ignore it and think it's just fine and you're going to be able to deal with it and you'll just suck it up, it's not going to work. The pain's going to get too much and you're not going to be able to handle it. So you have to help the baby learn how to get on correctly. I can't in this episode go through what all, all that looks like. And it's going to be hard to do it just in a podcast anyway. We're going to talk about that later, about how I'm going to be able to help you learn what latches are supposed to look like. But let me just give you one little tip about how a latch should be. Realize we don't call it nipple feeding, right? We call it breastfeeding. The baby's mouth should be covering up, the, at least the bottom jaw should be covering up most of your areola. That's the dark part around your nipple. The nipple should actually be way back in the back of the baby's mouth because that's the way that they draw in the milk properly. If you've ever milked a cow or ever seen somebody milk a cow, you know that they don't just start down at the bottom of the teat. They have to start farther up because they have to work that milk down. The same thing goes for you. The baby needs to be on your breast, not just on your nipple. When it hurts, it's because they're just on your nipple. They're pinching your nipple. And so two things. It makes you sore, but it's also not properly stimulating you. So it actually ends up causing more problems later because you're not going to have your supply that you would have because you're not getting the proper stimulation. It's a supply and demand system. And so your baby is showing your body how much demand there is so that it can make the proper supply. If they're not latched on properly, you don't get the proper demand. And so your supply doesn't come in properly. 
Again, that might be confusing. If you have questions, we can talk through this. We can grab a midwife and me power hour. I'd be glad to explain it in a way that will make more sense to you, or you can shoot me an email. But it's it's very crucial that it doesn't hurt because if it hurts, yeah, that's bad for you, but it also means that your body's not getting the right messages. One way to know if the baby is on correctly is when the baby does come off do you, and you look at your nipple, do you see a crease in it? Does it look like something's been smushing it to where it's been um, pinched a little bit? If you see any sign of that, if your nipple looks flattened at all, the baby wasn't on right next time you need to try to get it further on. Basically, the more of your tissue that is in the baby's mouth, the better, because that will put the nipple in the back of the mouth where it belongs, and the baby will be able to stimulate you where the ducts are at the correct place so that your supply will establish. We'll have an episode in the future that will go into a little bit more of the tacticals about how to nurse and things like that as best I can, just being able to talk to you. That's a little bit too much for this episode, since this episode we're just looking at why moms quit. Another big thing as I mentioned, is the preparation. If you want to know more about what I believe is your absolute number one best chance to succeed, go back and listen to episode 10 if you haven't already and check out the book that I mentioned there. And I'm going to put the link in the show notes here again today. The book is called Breastfeeding Made Simple. And I'm telling you, that's what it does. Read it before the baby's here and then have it next to your chair or wherever you like to nurse when the baby gets here. I read that book after having years and years and years and years of experience, and I still learned things because it really was just simple and tactical, and you need to have that book. Last thing I'll say, try to have a natural birth. And I know most of you here are trying to have natural births, but maybe not all of you. This is another reason why natural birth is so, so important. One of the beauties of natural birth is, yes, it tends to hurt more during the labor, But once the baby's here, it's pretty much over. Yeah, you have some soreness, but you can move. You're not numb. You don't have all these IVs and monitors. You don't have the protocols and policies saying you can't get up and you can't do this and you can't do that. You you gave birth naturally. You're able to function. And so when you're able to move around and do what you need to do, you're much more ready to nurse. Not to mention the impact that all those medications that you get put into your body when you aren't giving birth naturally, when you're being induced or getting IV fluids, all those things actually work against nursing in a very real way that most people don't talk about. So the more of that that you can avoid, the better. And last tip, I know I said the last one was the last tip. This is truly the last tip for number one. Stay skin to skin all the time in those first few days. Keep that baby right up against you all the time. So when it's time to nurse, there's not as much of a commotion and you can just slide them down, get them at the right place and get them latched on and get going. That makes it a little bit less drama, a little bit less commotion and gives you a much better chance to not have those rough starts. It also, there's something about the baby just being there and being able to smell you and get used to you. It just makes things smoother. Rough starts are hard, And I'm not saying that the things that I've told you here are going to fix them all. These are just some steps to set yourself up for success. If you are having trouble with pain, if you're having trouble with that latch, again, either grab one of those midwife and me power hours, or if you feel like you need the hands-on help, then find a lactation consultant near you because they are amazing and they will help you figure out what's wrong with the latch so that you can fix it before it gets too bad. 
And don't wait, by the way. Don't wait. Don't put that off. Do it early. Okay. Number one lasted forever. We got to get to number two. (laughs) Number two is the number two reason why moms uh, tend to quit breastfeeding is concern that the baby is not getting enough. Now, this comes from a culture that sees breastfed babies nursing much more often than bottle-fed babies. So bottles, you can see how much is there. You can see it go in, and it just is reassuring to us when we feel like we need to see what's going on. But here's what I need you to realize, especially for newborns, like brand newborns first week or so. The size of their stomach is the size of their fist. So look at your baby's teeny tiny little fist, how small that is, and think that's the size of that baby's stomach. Now, picture that bottle that you've seen somebody give their baby and how much is in that bottle for a newborn. Most babies, ladies, are overfed, grossly overfed. That's why a lot of the spitting up happens is because they're getting so much crammed in there and it's all going to come back. Keep in mind also, breast milk digests faster and easier. So this is one of the reasons why breastfed babies nurse more often and eat more often than the bottle-fed babies is because that milk is so easy to digest that it scoots right on through. They get what they need out of it, and then they get rid of the waste products and their diaper, and then they're ready for more. So that is a big reason why they're feeding so often. It's not because they're hungry or, or they're being underfed. It's just because their systems are working smoothly in the way they're supposed to. And so they're ready for more and more often. Also, breast babies just love hanging out there. So, you know, it's a comfort and it's also nutrition. So they want to be right there on your breast all the time. <laughs> That's actually a good thing. We'll talk about that as well when it comes to establishing your supply. When you let them nurse on demand, and they're on there frequently, you're not going to have supply issues. Here's the deal. You can't see what's going in. And with t- there's uninformed people everywhere. You know that. And they're putting anxiety on you. And they're putting on stress, stress on you. And it's causing you to worry too. And worrying compounds the problem because it causes the supply to not come in because of the stress. It's a psychological impact that is very real that I also talked about in a previous episode that I can't go into today. But you have to keep your mind from being stressed out about this. So let's look at a couple of ways or a few ways that you can know that your baby is getting enough so this is not the one that causes you to quit, okay? If we're still at the colostrum phase, which is the milk that they have in their very first couple of days when they're first born, you're not going to hear a whole lot of swallowing. So just realize that. It's a very, very tiny amount. It's just in drops, but it is perfect, and it is exactly what they need. Once your milk is in, and you're going to know when your milk comes in, you'll feel it. (laughs) You'll know. Once that milk is in, you're going to see the evidence. So you'll see maybe milk at the corners of their mouth. You'll hear the baby swallowing in between sucking maybe two, three, four times, and then a good swallow. You'll hear that. So just realize that after the first couple of days, you're going to have evidence that they're getting milk. So don't get stuck in those first few days of thinking, oh, they're not getting anything. Again, remember, their their tummy is tiny. They don't need much, but they do need it frequently. So just keep nursing. Just keep nursing. It's just like Dory saying, just keep swimming. Just keep nursing. Another way you can know that they're getting what they need is that you're not having any pain when they're sucking. So again, if it hurts, they're not on properly. So you're not going to get the stimulation. So your supply is not going to come in. So you shouldn't have any pain. 
And then once the milk is in and the baby is nursing, when they just kind of fall off full and what we call milk drunk, when I say fall off, I don't mean actually falling, but like they kind of fall asleep and their head just kind of goes back and their nipple just pops out of your mouth. Or maybe they don't, it doesn't pop out of your mouth, but you just see that drunk look to them, that milk drunk look. You know that they're getting what they need because that tummy got full and they needed a nap. They got that itis, they needed a nap, right? Um, also, another way you can look at is growing and gaining weight. Are they growing properly and gaining weight properly? Make sure that your provider uses an adjusted growth scale. They have growth scales now that are based on breastfeeding babies so that you are not being compared to these overfed bottle babies and being told that your baby is too small because they're not as big as a bottle baby. Forget all of that. Make sure that they have the adjusted growth scale to measure your baby's um, growth rate on. Lastly, are they peeing and pooping regularly? Usually up until about six or so days of life, you should have one wet diaper for every day of life. So day one, about one diaper that's wet. Day two, two diapers that are wet. Day three, three diapers that are wet. That's a good scale up till about day six or so. And then pooping is going to vary based on your child, but usually at least you know, one or two good poops a day. And it's not going to be, you know, like normal formed poop. Of course, it's going to be the first one's going to be a black sticky poop. That's totally normal. Then once the uh, milk starts to come in, you're going to have a transition into kind of a seedy, weird yellow poop. If all you've ever seen is poop from bottle fed baby, this is not like that at all. It doesn't stink as bad. It's much easier to clean. That's another reason to breastfeed. We didn't even go into that, but just the diapers alone are easier. So if you're getting pee and you're getting poop, you know they're getting food, all right? So Or milk, not actual food. You know what I mean. But that is number two. So now let's move on to number three. Not being comfortable nursing in public is a big reason mamas quit. And this one makes me mad. Guys, babies don't care where you are when they need to eat. And they, they don't care. We live in a society that puts breasts in your face at every turn and somehow... People get super offended when those same breasts are out to feed a baby. So let's talk about how we're going to deal with this. So plan ahead. We're going to plan ahead for how you're going to deal with your public feedings. There will come a time when you're going to need to feed in public. Now, when the baby's teeny tiny, you might be able to cover up with one of those neat little nursing covers that are all pretty and cute. But there will come a time when that baby, that sweet little cherub there, is going to snatch that cover right off of you. <laughs> They're going to reach up, they're going to kick, and before you know it, it's going to be totally uncovered. So what are you going to do at that stage? Are you comfortable with that? Are you not? You got to figure that out now. So get really good at figuring out what to wear and then practice at home. So what worked great for me is I would wear a tank top that had a good loose neck underneath a, a looser looser, is that a word? More loose over shirt of some sort. So whether it be a sweater, sweatshirt, something like that. So what I would do, of course you unlatch your nursing bra, and then I would pull that tank top underneath down and then the over shirt, I would pull that up. So my midriff and all that was all covered by the tank top, my belly, none of that stuff was showing. And then the shirt on top was covering up my chest. I didn't feel comfortable pulling the shirt down from my neck to where all of that skin was showing. That was just too much for me. As a Christian, I care about modesty. 
And if you're a Christian, you should care about modesty too. So try to think of ways that you can keep yourself covered. There would be times because I got so good at pulling that tank top down or whatever I'd have underneath down and the shirt on top up. All that was showing, if the baby wasn't there, would be just my nipple. I mean, seriously, there was almost nothing showing. And of course, with the baby there, you couldn't see that either. So there'd be people right next to me sometimes and I'd be nursing and they'd have no clue because I got pretty good at it. And you'll get good at it too if you stick with it. I know I hear a lot of people that are just like, I don't care. I'm going to put it all out there. And I get that. Like, you know, you're not going to do the covers. You're not going to do all those things. And that's fine. I get that. But if you're a Christian, just realize that you need to not be so in your face and flamboyant. We're not called to live that way. We're called to be at peace with people and to not cause a stir for things that are unnecessary. So we should attempt to be modest if we can. We should find a private setting to nurse if at all possible, just because it's more comfortable, if nothing else. It's not so much a, you should have to go hide to breastfeed. I don't say, I'm not saying that at all. It's just more comfortable for you and you don't have to worry about who's around and who's watching and things like that. We shouldn't just be flopping our booms out and telling the world to deal with it, especially if we're around our brothers. Yes, breasts are there to feed babies. I know that, you know that. I'm not arguing that. But we can also read all through Proverbs and all through Song of Solomon that breasts are also sexual and men like them and they're going to look. Bless their hearts. They just can't help themselves. I'm not making excuses for them by any stretch, but modesty is a big thing to me. And I think Christian women should do what they can to keep our brothers from stumbling. And if we are putting our breasts in their face and making them figure out how to deal with it, they're going to stumble. So nurse in public, yes. Feed your baby when you need to feed your baby. Yes, absolutely. But practice ahead and learn how to do it in a way that's respectful and effective. It won't always go perfectly, and that's fine. But honestly, most people, if they see that you're trying not to just be all in your face, they'll give you credit for that. They're going to be forgiving. Another little tip, though, is just to nurse before you leave home and try to do short outings if possible so that that way you don't have as many... um, instances of needing to nurse in public. So I hope you I hope you understand what I meant by that. I want you to be comfortable nursing in public when you need to, but also want you to be respectful. And I don't want it to become a bone of contention to where you're having issues with people because of it. Lastly, number four, going back to work. Now this one can be tough because pumping is no fun. It's never as good as the baby nursing. There's tons of stuff to carry. You have to transport the milk and keep it cold. And you feel a little bit like a cow when you put these machines on your boobs. It's just awful. But ladies, if it's your only option, it is worth it. Now we're going to talk more about this one in the future, about how to implement it, how to do it, and all that kind of stuff. Don't have time for that today. This episode's already going a little longer than I thought it would. But I just want you to remember that breastfeeding is a supply and demand system. So some people feel like you have to have a massive stash before you go back to work. That's really not true. You can do it if you want to, but it's not necessary. What you pump today will be what your baby will eat tomorrow. And then what you pump tomorrow will be the next day and so on. So don't feel like you have to have a freezer full before you can go back to work. You just don't. I don't want you to start pumping too early either to start to prepare for going back to work. Because if you nurse and then you pump in the early days, your body's going to start to think that you have twins. And if you don't keep that pace up, you may set yourself up for mastitis. 
So if at all possible, I don't want you to pump it all in that first month of, of the baby's life. Let your body adjust to what your baby needs right now, right, or right then when your baby's born. And then after a month or so, as you approach that time that you're going to be going back to work, you can start implementing pumping. And again, we'll talk about that in the future about how to best go about that. I also highly recommend that you stay away from bottles in that first month, kind of as a side note, because that can create what's called nipple confusion. Artificial nipples that you put on bottles, you turn a bottle upside down, it just drip, drip, drips. It's super, super easy to get that milk out. Real nipples take work. The nipples on your body take work. The, the baby has to work to draw that milk out. And so if they start using artificial nipples too early, very often they won't want to go back to the breast because it's just too hard. They get lazy. They're like, well, where's that nipple where it just fell out? I don't want to do all this. Okay. They're smart. They're going to try to go the easy route. So pumping is worth it. It is something that you'll need to do when it's time to go back to work to be able to continue breastfeeding. And it's well worth that work. Don't get me wrong, and I'm going to help you do that when the time comes. Don't let it be the reason that you quit. It's well worth continuing through it. I was, let's see, I was in clinicals. I'm trying to think of the timeline. I was in clinicals when I had Ruby. Is that right? I think that's right. And I would pump in the office in between patients, and it was never an issue. Um, And I know that you can do it too. There are laws in most states that will make they, your employer, excuse me, that your employer has to make accommodations for you to be able to nurse. So just know your laws and know your rights so that you can be able to continue even if you have to go back to work. So I want to know what have your breastfeeding experiences been like? Did you successfully nurse your babies? Are you planning to successfully nurse your babies? What are you doing now to prepare I want you to come share these things in our free Facebook community. If you haven't already joined it, the link is down in the show notes so that you can come join us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have you join us. We have a great group of ladies that's growing every day. And we even have a few extra midwives in there. So we have all kinds of support from all different directions. And we want you to be a part of that group as well. So be sure to go join that group. And I can't wait to hear about your experiences, maybe your questions, any of those kind of things, that's what that group's there for is for us to support each other and help each other along the way. More than anything, I just want you to not give up. Hear me when I tell you it's worth it. Don't quit. If you're at the verge of quitting, grab a midwife and me power hour session. Let's talk. Let me help you through this hard time so that you can look back and know that you gave it your all and that you were able to successfully nurse your baby and give it God's best. I'm here for you. I'm so glad you're here with me this week, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Real quick, if today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me, and it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.